Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. But here I am. Hey, welcome to um, week two of our summer camp series and um, my forced opportunity to bring the word this morning. Very excited about it. Uh, Hey, all right. (laughs) Oh, y'all are funny. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So um, when I do preach every 10 to 12 years, um, I have to give you a little clue about me. So um, on the disc scale, I'm an introvert, and I'm task-oriented. So, you know, shout out to all my introverts. Yeah. So I would rather be back there in the back by myself, listening, and I want to get done. I want to task, and I want to get done. So I've tried to get everything written down, and I'm going to try to go through this real methodically. Otherwise, we'd be done in five minutes, and we'd be gone. And uh, sorry, uh, my nose is, it's cold in here, it makes my nose run. Besides that, another thing about me is I'm a crier, so anything, anything will get me crying, so sorry. Uh, and I know the British Open is just probably really in high heat right now for all you golf lovers. If I see you on your phone... Sean Lowry, Shane, Shane, not Sean, Shane Lowry is probably going to win it anyway, so I don't know if any of y'all care. Any golf fans? No? All right. All right. Okay. So um, all the extroverts can't stop talking right now. You know, the, the 30 minutes in heaven is going to be when God tells all the extroverts this, of silence, to shut up. You guys have been talking your whole lives. I need you to be quiet. 30 minutes, you have to be quiet. All right. All right, let me pray. Otherwise, I'm going to get off into some goofy stuff. Father, help me to um, communicate effectively. Again, you helped me so much in the first service. I appreciate you to, uh, Holy Spirit, not, uh, not get me off track. Help me to stay on track and um, not... Uh, think I'm repeating myself, but communicate the same thing. That was awesome what you did in the first service, and I appreciate it. So help me again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. All right. So we're going we're gonna, to uh, let's build something together, okay? We're in the, we're in the wood shop, and um, what I learned about wood shops is you build things in wood shop. <laughs> um, but we're not going to talk a lot about building wood stuff. I'm sorry. But I do have a memory from when... Um, I like to build stuff with wood. I had always done that as a kid. I had, um, you know, in my, I can remember going to my grandma's house and going into the garage and, and finding all the old, my, old, my grandpa's old tools and grabbing them and trying to uh, work with these old, old tools and pieces of scrap wood that you could find as a kid and nails that you had to pull out of a board and straighten out before you could reuse them and maybe an old dull saw. And the one thing I remember about all that is I, I wanted to build something, but it always turned out really interesting. It was uh, never any straight lines, um, just wobbly, whatever it was, whether it was a, a boat or a table or anything. It was just, you know, it wasn't very good. So when I got older, my passion for uh, woodworking 
you know, didn't get, go away, but I had money so I could buy tools. And I got to the revelation that the right tools for the job is really where it's at. Uh, really? No, really. Y'all yeah, are very into that. It, it is. It, it, it makes or breaks whether something gets done right. If you're using the wrong tool to try, if I'm trying to use a, an old saw to make a, yeah, anyways, it's, it, just, it just does. So remember that statement. We are going to go on a little journey and, um, and look, at, look at who we are. So uh, again, the right tool for building something is very important. What, I'm going to ask you a question, is the very first characteristic of God we see? Is it love? Is it peace? Is it almighty? Is it creator? Let's look at Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was all over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Creator. Our very first introduction to Father God is, is not that he's love. It's not that he's peace. It's not that he's long-suffering. It's not all those attributes that we know Father God is. It's creator. And he created this earth for us. Yeah a good place for us to be. But he left it largely undeveloped. He only, he only, he only developed a little small piece of Eden. Right? right? And then he gave us this mandate. So God left the earth largely undeveloped and then he, he created us with this mandate. In Genesis 1, 27 through 28, it says, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. But mankind messed up. They disobeyed and gave back. They gave back the dominion of the earth. And now we needed a redeemer, the second Adam, Jesus. Yes. Amen. So God birthed his son, the word, back into the earth to redeem his original plan. So what was his original plan? It says, in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. I don't know if you're young earth or old earth. Um, but in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then something happened. Because right away, it says that he's hovering over it, and it's a mess. I mean, it's, it's chaos, right? It, what did it say? It's if, if, uh, form, without form and void darkness all over so it's a mess so he's got a he's got a problem god has a problem whatever happened happened i don't know what it was but i think when he created something it was probably perfect the first time he created it now whether you again you whether you're old or young earth new earth i don't care um 
But something happened in, in there, and something caused chaos. So God's got this issue. What am I going to do with this? Well, I'm going to create a habitat, a place for, for my children that I'm making in my image, in my image of a creator. I'm not sure God looks like me. Okay? I'm not sure God looks like us. I'm not, I don't think it's the image he was talking about. The image is of a ruler, of a creator, yeah. of somebody who looks at a situation yeah. and says, there's a mess here. This has to be fixed. So for six days, boom, he creates light, land, separates the land, waters. Then he fills them with fish and animals. And then he makes man. And the biggest difference is he breathed life. He breathed himself into man. He didn't do that with anything else he created. Most things he spoke into being, but he formed us. It says he formed us out of the dust of the earth. Why did he form us out of the dust of the earth? Do you think it was maybe because we're going to redeem the earth? Yes. you think maybe our purpose was to redeem the earth? Yes. you think he had a plan with that? Adam was right there with him, co-creating. I heard Chris Vallotton say it this way. He said, uh, God would bring the animals for Adam to name, and he wasn't naming them like Spot and Fifi and, you know. He was naming them. He was creating what they were. When he brought lion, it became a lion. Bear, it became a bear. Whale, it became a whale. It was a, it was a partnership that God and Adam had together because we are created in his image to create to redeem back whatever happened to the earth. Yes, right. yes. When Adam disobeyed and Eve, I think it was mostly Eve, right? She disobeyed. <laughs> she disobeyed first, right? It's always the first one that gets into trouble. Or is it always the second person that gets into trouble? I can't remember. All right, so they both disobeyed. I'll accept that equally. It's not so much that he disobeyed God, it's he obeyed Lucifer. So notice he changed his allegiance to the, to the being that had been kicked out of heaven. God wouldn't tolerate him in heaven. You can't be here. He kicked him down. He was shot to the earth. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe it was a big bang. <laughs> but I say that to say, I, I'm trying to get you to understand what God's plan was from the very beginning. It was not for us to go to heaven. It was for us to live forever on the earth. And I'm telling you, God does not give up on his plans. He doesn't get to a hard spot and go, that didn't work. I'm going to have to do something different. I'm going to have to make another place for them. I'm going to make a, I'm gonna have to just say they're going to heaven. All right, let me get back to my notes or I'm going to mess up here. And he was long-suffering. You know, I'm sure he could have, 
he could have brought Jesus a lot. He could have birthed himself a lot sooner than what, 4,000 years later? He went, he went through all kinds of ways to do that, but he knew ultimately what he had to do. And I, I kind of think that, that maybe God was wanting every other way to not have to do that. Do you, do you ever think when Jesus prayed to his father, is there any other way? But not my will, your will be done. Do you think God was thinking the same thing for 4,000 years? Is there any other way that I don't have to do this? Because you've got a perfect God that doesn't know sin. He knows the effects of sin because Lucifer or rebellion, Lucifer rebelled. He knows what the effects feel like. But within him, he had no sin in him. So he has to be willing to birth his son, part of him, and allow it to be made sin for us. That just is... So there was a risk. There was a risk involved of having to bring that into himself and then be able to expel it. So Jesus was born in a carpenter's family. I think that's pretty cool. He could have been born in you know, a doctor's family. I don't know if they had doctors back then. What were they? They just cut things off probably back then. He could have, he, put, he wouldn't have been born in a Pharisee's family, that's for sure. But he could have been born in royalty or a tent maker. Um, but he was born to a carpenter. I think that's just a unique, a unique thing that God, that God did for us. In the Greek, the term used is tecton. Uh, and it translates carpenter or builder. So Jesus was a builder, and he was a builder for 85% of his life. Up to 30 years old, he was doing what he was supposed to be doing, right? He only, he only was in his father's ministry for three years, right? I bet he was the best builder in Nazareth. So good that... His reputation was probably so good that when he went up to those guys, all his, his 12 homies, and said, come follow me, they didn't hesitate. Now, you know, unless, unless you're going to over-spiritualize it, I'm telling you, I know there was a calling, but there was also a reputation that had to have followed Jesus. There had to have been a reputation that this is, he's like, he's like the truant Kathy. Uh... He walks up to you and says, well, he's dead now, but so Dan Cathy would have to now. Hey, I want to give you an internship in, in Chick-fil-A. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like, you know, why not? I mean, massive success, right? So don't discount what you're supposed to do. It will bring rewards. Okay. God does nothing without a purpose and a design, an end goal result that he desires. He does nothing. Well, he doesn't just haphazardly do anything. Everything he speaks into, everything that he plans has a goal that he's going to get. And he doesn't get defeated. I'm going to say it again. The original plan is still into effect. Redeem this earth. 
rule, dominion. It's not make it to heaven. It's not tie a knot, hang on. In his image, he created us to be creators in the earth. And in the Lord's Prayer, he says this, Matthew 6.10, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're supposed to bring heaven to earth. We're supposed to bring his kingdom here now. What did Jesus say? My kingdom is here. It's now. And we still, we make these doctrines where it's, it's somewhere far off. It's when you die, you get to go to heaven. Those little cutie prayers. And we start, we start thinking that's what life's all about. And it's not. It's here. It's now. We are to bring heaven to earth, not live to go to it. Our purpose is to bring heaven to earth now, not just to make it to heaven. So what do we do? Do, What do we build and create on earth that does that? Psalm 37.4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. It's got to be the most misquoted scripture ever, because everybody just says, I want, God, I love you. Can I have a new car? God, I love you. I'm a Christian. I need a house. I need $1,000. God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. It's a desire of my heart. But we discount that first part. It says, delight yourself in the Lord. If I'm delighting myself in the Lord, guess what? My desires start looking like his desires. If, they, if, if they're not, then I'm, I'm, I'm not delighting myself in him. I'm just trying to use him as a sugar daddy. I'm trying to use him because I don't want to burn in hell. I want to make it to heaven. But no, you start delighting yourself in the Lord. Lord, I love you. I can't do anything in this world without you. I want to be a part of your purposes. I want to see you exalted in everything I put my hand to. Then guess what? Those desires are going to start bubbling up in you. To show excellence in everything you do. To make a difference in this earth. Close my nose running, sorry. Let's look at some businesses that have honored God. That can be a little strange, some of them. Arthur Guinness. Have any beer drinkers in the house? I already asked Pastor if I could say beer and talk about beer in church, and he kind of reluctantly said, okay. Thank you, Pastor, for releasing me. Um, Arthur Guinness was uh, started, (laughs) uh, well, he was a Christian, a very solid, godly man back in the 1700s, 18th century, right? 1700s is the 18th century, or is it backwards? Yeah, that's right. Back in the 18th century or sometime in the 1700s. And back in that time, people were dying in Europe from, uh, you know, contaminated water. And they were 
uh, turning into alcoholics because the only way what they could drink was these high alcohol content beverages. So Arthur Guinness brewed a extremely low alcohol content beer. I couldn't have been a Christian. <laughs> a Christian wouldn't do that. There's, there's no telling how many countless lives were saved. I don't know if you ever had a Guinness, but it's like a meal in a glass. It's amazing. <laughs> it really is. It's like drinking butter. I don't know. It's just, he, was, he was a gift. It's my dream someday to go to Ireland and to drink a Guinness. My, uh, one of my best compadres, Jim Deason, is there right now working the open. And uh, he's probably working, so I can't do a shout-out to him, but he already, I'm sure he's already been to one of a real pub and drank a real Guinness. Now, see, some of y'all have heard nothing but that, and that's all you're going to remember. <laughs> that's it. You're done. I can drink Guinness. I'm just trying to show you what God used a man to make a beverage to save probably hundreds of thousands of people that were either dying from drinking contaminated water or alcoholics. Okay? Chick-fil-A. It's like, oh! I mean, do you need to say any more? Chick-fil-A, I mean, Truett Cathy, he just got kissed by God right on the forehead and say, hey, I got an idea for you. And listen, it's, it's not health food. I don't know if you've ever eaten Chick-fil-A. It's good, which means it's not health food. <laughs> That's funny right there, isn't it? Oh, gosh. I, uh, you go to a Chick-fil-A, and they're beaming. They're, they're, they're beaming. They're, these people aren't normal that work there. We, me and my wife were uh, about a month ago at the new Chick-fil-A, and... Um, it was around, no, it was, I think it was way after lunch, but the line was still like two times around the building. For 30 minutes, she said, I don't want to go inside. So for 30 minutes, we sat in line. And this was back when it was like 1,000 degrees. Remember when it was like pushing 100 and it wasn't raining? It was, it was so hot. And that, we finally got up to that young man, and he had come out, he, was, he wasn't even under the shade. You know, they had a little awning with fans blowing. He wasn't even there. He was like in the traffic. And he was so nice and so joyful. That's not normal. You understand what I'm saying? They have a culture to impart into the, that's godly. It's a culture that I would have been like, what, what's, your, what's your order? Can you make it quick? Or, or I would have been sticking my head like in the car to get some of the air. I mean, it was hot. I know this was not just like hot. It was like 97, 98 degrees and probably 120 on that asphalt. That's not normal. I told Missy after we placed the order, I said, that wasn't normal. I mean, they made that because of their culture, because they have a righteous stand. Amazing. It's amazing. Tom's shoes. Have you, have you guys ever bought a pair of Tom's shoes? What a, what a, buy a pair of shoes, give a pair of shoes away. That's their whole premises. That's not normal either. But what a great idea. What a God idea. What a creative idea. 
What a culture idea that blesses people. I don't even know if they're good shoes. I, I haven't even had a pair of Tom shoes. Are, y'all, are they good shoes? They are. You're wearing Tom shoes? Oh, no. I want, you, I want you to get this. It's not just about laying hands on the sick and watching them recover. You understand what I'm saying? That's, that's important. But we're here for a purpose. We're here to create a myriad of things. Hobby Lobby, that's another one that God just shines on. Woo! My wife loves Hobby Lobby. I'll give a shout out to Pastor Ron because I hope he's watching. He loves Hobby Lobby. I don't know if you know that about Pastor Ron. And and that's not. That was Pastor. That was Pastor George that said that's not normal PR. That's not me. Although you are a little weird. When he comes to my office every morning, laughing. (laughs) That's all he does. He just giggles in my office every morning. He's he's he's. But here, here's another, here's another um, example of, of a company that's hiring their people for like part-timers are making over $10 an hour and full-time people are making $15 an hour. You know, that's not heard of. They're, they're, they're doing that because they understand what their purpose is. They're, 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 they're pushing down their, their money down through their people so it makes difference in people's lives because it's the right thing to do. And more companies ought to go, you know what? That's the right thing to do. We need to make sure we're doing that. Because yeah. it's not all about the upper management getting golden parachutes and, and making multi-multi-millions of dollars. I'm not into communism or socialism or whatever the heck, isms. But I'm t- fairness in a business makes sense. You didn't get there on your own. Your godly run business creates heaven on earth. Creates heaven on earth. What? Yes. Yes. It provides for your family, your employees. It provides a service for other people that makes life better for them. Okay, so you don't run a business. So what do you do? Let's look at Romans 12, 3 through 8. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, do not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. As for in one body, we have many members, and the members do not have all the same function. So we, though we are many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, if prophecy, then in proportion, then prophesy in proportion to your faith. If service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, and the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So can you, will you create love where there is no love? Can you go into a situation where it's loveless and create love? You can. That's what God would do. Can you create peace where there is no peace? That's what God would do. 
Can you create joy, mercy where there is no mercy, hope where there is no hope? How about forgiveness? Can you create forgiveness where there is no forgiveness? Or teaching where there needs to be teaching? Can you create that? Service? Can you be a giver? Give where there needs to be giving? The bottom line is, you're going to use what you have, what you've been given. You're a part of the body that might not be the eye or the finger or the nose or the mouth. I'm not the mouth, that's for sure. I think sometimes I'm like a spleen or something. I'm a large intestine in the body of Christ. It's important. We need something to evacuate the used up stuff, folks. What does the word say about those unpresentable parts? They're special. They're special. Lord, help me, Jesus. I have done. In Matthew um, 25, 15, just a snippet out of the parable of the talents, it says, and he gave five talents. Uh, I'm sorry, to one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and another one, to each according to his ability. To each according of his ability. To each according to his ability. Why one, three, five? Why I got three and you got one? Or pastor's got like 27. <laughs> Jamie's got 102. <laughs> That's God's business. What is our business is to take that gift, that purpose, that anointing, whatever you want to call it, however you want to box it in, your purpose, and to be faithful with it. To not hide it like that one did because he was scared. But to be faithful with it and allow God to use you to create. Whatever gifts God has given you, create with them. Make a difference. If you're in medicine, if you're a doctor, create by healing our broken bodies. If you're researching a cure for leukemia, find it. We need it. That's creating. That's bringing heaven to earth. Guys, I'm telling you, God does not want to sit up there and just zap us with answered prayers. He wants us to be like him, hovering over the problem. I'm going to find, I'm going to find the answer to this problem. That's what God would do. I'm going to find an answer for this problem. If it takes 6,000 years, I'm going to find an answer for this problem. I'm redeeming my earth. And I'm patient because I'm not going to quit. If it's technology, if if it's a service that serves mankind, if it's technology, this is not of the devil. This is an amazing tool that was created by creators made in the image of God. Now, whether they give God honor, that's, that's their issue. 
but I'm going to give God honor for everything that I have my hand on. Every talent I have, because you know why? I delight myself in the Lord. I delight in him. I love him. I want his earth to be filled with his glory. And it's not images of us, it's images of creators, of him. Doing what he called us to do, redeem the earth. Our purpose is to be woven into God's redemptive plan for the earth and humanity. Hmm. God wants you to speak out the desires in your heart so he can weave you into his purposes to redeem the earth. You know, sometimes you've got to speak out stuff. It's called prophesying or speaking out or declaring it. As you delight yourself in the Lord and the desires start welling up in you, if you keep them hidden like that talent, if you don't ever say it out of your mouth, God, um, it's amazing the power of our words. And I really believe that God activates when we start saying stuff out of our mouth. Because when we start saying stuff out of our mouth, we, kinda, we're, we have to own it. You know what I'm saying? You can keep something hidden in your heart. But if, Jamie, how'd you get over there? You are amazing. I did not see you get over there. there there's, there's power in that spoken. When you, when you own it, when you own it, God, I want to I find a cure for leukemia. And I'm speaking it out of my mouth. Well, you've got to do the work to get it can't just say it and it happens you got to be committed to that now you got to do it you got to get your degrees and you got to learn you got to research and you got to ask for wisdom but you got to work hard i want to find an answer for this problem i want to find why our electrical grid in the united states is so bad and i want to fix it these things bring heaven to earth i cannot say it enough it is not all about building a church or steeples that's important I mean sons and daughters of God are very important but I'm telling you if you run if, if you uh, your reputation is that of, of a creator and you give God honor people are going to run to you and say what makes you like that and that opens up every door to say it's my daddy that's why I'm here you don't know why you're here I know why I'm here I know why I'm here. I know what purpose he made me to redeem this earth. You want to you find out about that? Come on. Be the right tool for the job and let's build something together. See, I circled all the way back around the tool. <laughs> we need to be that right tool. We need to recognize who we are in God, what things he put into us, to accomplish in this earth you know we were created to live forever on earth right there wasn't a you know hmm. heaven is our reward but earth right now is our responsibility while we're here it's our responsibility to be his image in the earth to be his creator creators and to give him glory. Hmm. 
That's awesome. I mean, that's just awesome to me. I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but that just makes me so excited to think that I was, I have a purpose in God's master plan. Um, you know, that he's just not this um, worship desiring God that all he wants is people that just sit around and say how good he is. You, you fathers, do you want that for your kids? Do you want them to sit around and say, God, Dad, you're so good. 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 Or would you rather them go do something that you would go, wow, that's my boy. That's my girl. I made that. And that's worship to him. That's worship to him. It would be to me when my kids do that. It's worship to me when my kids honor me. Mm. All right, let me pray for us. Father, I love you. Uh, man, I am, again, so in awe that you have the patience. And I guess it's because you're not going to give up on your plan. You're going you're gonna to work this thing till we get it. Oh, help us get it. Help us understand why we're here. Help us understand our purpose. For those in this place today, that they, they're, they don't know what their purpose is yet, but they've surrendered their lives to you. Help them to delight in you. Help them to look to you and say, Father, show me my purpose. Show me what you want me to accomplish. Whether I've got a one talent, three or 10, 10,000. Show me my purpose. Show me why I'm here. And that way we can accomplish, Father, what you desired from day one. From day one, you put your image in this earth. And Lucifer had no more dominion. And because Jesus did what he did, Lucifer has no more dominion. Jesus said, I give it back to you. Help us to realize we have it back. we got to start using the dominion we have. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you're in this house today and you, you don't know what your purpose is, really, cry out to God. If you don't know what, what, you know, I don't know why when I was such a young person, God joined me to Pastor George and I, I just knew I was supposed to be his armor bearer and be his whatever he needed. I didn't hear audible, you know, things, but I knew, I just knew in my heart it was what I was supposed to do. And it's been an awesome, fulfilling, fruitful um, life so far. It's going to stay, right? Yeah. Um, God will, God will answer your cry if you delight in him. But, you know, sometimes you've got to die to some of your selfish desires. He's not going to give you, give you, give you, give you. But he will answer your prayer. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, you need, you need to know Jesus. You need a Savior, and you know it. You, you don't know what your purpose is because you don't even know what, you don't have a relationship with your daddy. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. 
if you're here and seriously, your heart's pounding, you're like, I don't know what this purpose stuff is, but I really want to know my creator. I really want to know that, that I'm in right standing with him and get on the right track. Would you raise your hand? Yes. Thank you. You can put it down. Yes. Put it down. You're not playing religious games. I'm talking about you know that you know that you know that you're in right standing with the Father. Anyone else? Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I needed a way to be redeemed to my Father. And you provided that way. Thank you so much. I commit my life to you. I want to know what my purpose is. I want to fulfill that purpose. I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys. I love you. I appreciate you. Um, you're awesome people, even to have to endure some things. So, <laughs> amen, amen, amen. I guess I better get off. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.